This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 27. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers podcast. And today I'm so excited to welcome the man, the myth, the legend, John Lee Dumas from EO Fire to the Baller Circle. John is the founder and host of EO Fire, an award-winning podcast where he interviews today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. JLD has interviewed over 1,200 entrepreneurs and EO Fire generates over 1 million monthly listeners. John's latest project, The Freedom Journal, is a gorgeous leather-bound journal that he uses to guide people through their number one goal in 100 days. He launched it on Kickstarter. He was able to raise $453,000 in 33 days, and it became the number six most funded publishing project of all times. John, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Can you fill in any gaps? Is there anything I missed? Well, let me ask you this. Does raising four fifty-three dollars in 33 days make me an internet baller? <laughs> beyond that, sir, beyond that. <laughs> Well, I love the fact that we're both branding. I mean, you got a killer <laughs> shirt, which, by the way, send me one to Thank Puerto you, Rico. Oh, I'll yeah. wear it. That will definitely uh, happen. Doing a little uh, Choose Freedom shirt myself <laughs> for the Freedom Journal. So we both know how to brand. So yes, listeners, viewers, definitely take that away from what we're doing. And, <clears throat> you know, besides that, I mean, guys, just like thanks for the great intro, Michael. Appreciate it. Excited to be chatting with you here today. And I'm sure, you know, as we continue to go forward, we'll continue to uncover some really cool things about me. Definitely, definitely. So, John, the first question I have for you is, uh, I, you know, I know you've you've been on so many shows, you've been interviewed a million times, you've gone through your your story, uh, but I am kind of curious. Uh, you, you know, you you talk on your show a lot about struggles. I love the story of the struggle, and I think that that's so important for entrepreneurs. What are some things that you struggled with, not necessarily before you started EO Fire, but once it launched? What what were what were the hard roads that you had to go through that maybe some people don't know about? Well. Something that a lot of people will know about if they actually go back and listen to my earlier episodes, they'll see that post-launch, I struggled as an interviewer, as a host, as a broadcaster. I had no experience. And like most people with no experience, you're pretty bad at that. Um, I would love to see the first golf swing that Tiger Woods took. Like I'd love to see the first you know, shot that Michael Jordan took. I mean, guys, we're, we're crappy at whatever it is that we do for the first time. And I had no experience. I had no background. You know, I wasn't like my college DJ or anything. So like when I hit play and record on EO Fire for episode one, like that was my first time doing it and it sucked. And that's why, because I wasn't good. And I decided that, hey, this is something that I love doing. And again, Michael Jordan might've missed the first hundred shots that he took, but he was just like, gosh, darn it. Like I love shooting this basketball. And guess what he did? He kept doing it. So I woke up every morning. I did another interview that was just as crappy as the one before, <laughs> except maybe just a little bit better. And then over time, you know, that pile of crap, those hundred bad episodes, you know, by episode 101, I was like, okay, that was just, you know, pretty bad. That wasn't bad. That was, that was just pretty bad, which is a, a step up. And, you know, episode 500, episode 1000, and now I just published episode 1400, you know, still every day just getting a little bit better. And what's pretty cool actually for podcasters is, you know, 
uh, does our knees don't go bad. You know, our ankles don't have to, don't have to like snap. Like, you know, we're not like physically demanding ourselves. We, all we got to do is just take care of this voice box and uh, we can just keep doing our craft, you know, for decades if we so desire. You know, we don't have like that short NFL shelf life that a lot of athletes have. We can just continue to spend our lives honing and crafting the art of the conversation, the art of the interview, like whatever you want to call it. And that's exciting. And, you know, maybe there's a time in the future that I decide to turn it off and not do so. Um, but until then, you know, I'm excited to know that every time I jump on the mic with you or with one of my guests, I'm probably going to get a little bit better. Hmm. I love that. I love that. So l let's talk about some limiting beliefs, some fear, some bad habits that you had to overcome. Uh, what, what was well, speaking of bad habits, mm -hmm. I mean, for real. Yeah. Are those Twinkies on top of your fridge? Because <laughs> that would be some bad habits, brother. So, so they, they are not Twinkies, but I'll tell you a story. What they are is they are tasty cakes. Uh, <laughs> just as bad. And, and yes, yeah, it is just as bad. But the reason, the reason why I have those there is because uh, my wife and I went to, uh, we went to Seattle uh, last weekend. And um, we were uh, kind of reminiscing. We were visiting some old friends, kind of reminiscing about things from the past. And one of the things that we went to do is we went to this, uh, there's a shop there that, that sells uh, crimpets. Um, uh, crumpets. <laughs> yeah, crumpets. So it was. Yeah, you pronounce so things that, weird. It's yeah, like yeah. Adele, I say Adele, you say Adele, you say crumpets, I say crumpets. Yeah. It's all good. So it was, so it was, you know, I always heard the, the English, you know, tea and crumpets, right? So it was a shop that, that, was, that were selling the English crumpets. So we went there and we got them. And then we, after, after where we were talking about how we, uh, what, what they ended up being was different than what we expected. We thought they were going to be similar to the crumpets, which were the tasty <laughs> oh, cakes. Crumpets. Right. Okay. Which, so the tasty cakes are called crumpets. But the English, um, I guess, more more refined, sophisticated, which is similar to an, it's like a spongy English muffin, is called a crumpet. <laughs> uh, so we were thinking it was going to be more like that. So we started just reminiscing about those things. And so we decided to buy a box, and, and that's how it happened. But we kind of hunted for it for a while. But we typically eat pretty pretty healthy. But those uh, that was one thing that we decided to get. Um, well, it yeah. shows. I mean, now that this is a video, you know, not an audio only, I can vouch that you probably do normally eat pretty healthy. You look, you look good. But, you know, number one, like what an amazing segue for me going, you know, taking your bad habits and forcing you into that story. <laughs> and by the way, kudos to you. And I think this is just kind of continuing with our conversation for actually just saying, you know what, I'm going to go with this story and I'm going to tell this story in a real manner. And I'm going to tell you this right here, this is what your listeners are going to remember. I don't care what, whatever value bombs we drop, you're going to be at a conference six months from now, two years from now, and someone's going to come up to you and they're going to be like, so Michael. You like crumpets, huh? Like, <laughs> this is it, guys. This is how you tell stories. This is how you connect with people. And of course, we're going to tie in some business value and this and that. But in this way, where it's fun, where it's real, where, you know, we're just being a couple of guys hanging out, having fun. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I appreciate that. Thanks, John. So what are your, what, so, so what, what's, what's some of your limiting beliefs, some of your bad habits that you had to overcome? Quite a lot of limiting beliefs. You know, I call it my personal biggest limiting belief was the imposter syndrome that I had inside of my head that was saying like, John, like you've never podcasted before. You've never interviewed anybody before. You, ha you have zero entrepreneurial success. Like what makes you think that you can have a show that talks about entrepreneurial success? And all of these things were going inside of my head. And it was really tough. In fact, so tough that I was supposed to launch my podcast on August 15th. I woke up that morning terrified. Again, this is back in 2012. Um, and I pushed my podcast launch back five weeks because of fear. And it would have been more than that, but my mentor finally just caught on to my BS and said, John, like you launch your podcast today 
or I'm going to fire you. And that actually scared me more than not launching my, than launching my podcast. So, you know, I, I, I definitely launched my podcast to avoid <laughs> losing my, my mentor, you know, who I really admired and, and looked up to, et cetera. So like that was an incredible li limiting belief that I had. And, you know, even going forward after that, when I would get on the phone, like even, uh, you know, four weeks ago, I jumped on the phone with Tony Robbins and he was like, Hey John, like heard good things about you. Like, uh, you know, my son, Jarek was on your show last month. He said good things. And I'm like, Tony Robbins was like independently talking about me. Like, <laughs> On, in a conversation with his son that like, you know, random. And I was just like, oh my God, like, who am I? And that just is going to happen. I mean, it's part of being a human being. And that's one thing that I try to keep forcing on to people is, is just saying like, listen, just understand that fear that you have, like those limiting beliefs that you have. That's the reason why you're here on this earth. Because if our ancestors didn't have those fears, those limiting beliefs, you know, they would have just like gone and tried to hug a saber-toothed tiger and gone eaten alive. But no, you had fear, you had doubts, you had this just scaredy cat attitude about things that could affect you negatively. And so 10,000 years ago, you survived. And now today, we live in a different world where we're not going to die speaking from stage, but it's still people's number one fear, you know, even more so than death. So just understand that's part of the human makeup and just embrace it. Right, right. I, and I definitely think that's true. Uh, I actually went to uh, Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within event, and uh, it was great. And it was, you know, his, his whole focus during the event was about limiting beliefs and figuring out what they are and how to eliminate them. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, so, you know, once you're... You know, your business got started, things started to take off. I, I've noticed that you've gone through uh, a number of different revenue streams. Uh, can you kind of talk about how you decide what revenue stream to pick up and, and also how you decide when one's not working and it's time to pivot? Yeah, I think there's a really direct answer to that question. And, you know, just for anybody that is not that knowledgeable about my, about my business, you know, uh, EO Fire, Entrepreneur on Fire is about four years old. Um, we are consistently a seven-figure-a-year business, so we're generating significant revenue with multiple revenue streams. And one of the things that I personally uh, love doing is being completely transparent, just with, you know, how we talk, how we act, what we do, you know, what kind of foods we eat when we're cheating. You know, I had a pint of Ben and Jerry's last night. True story. <laughs> it's just going to happen. By the way, Red Velvet Ben and Jerry's is like to die for. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like little chunks of, of, of cheesecake. Oh, anyways. So like I decided from day one, I said, if I ever turn EO Fire into a business that generates revenue, I'm going to show people exactly, number one, how I made the revenue, how much money I made. I'm just going to, I'm going to open up the kimono. I'm going to reveal everything because again, this was in 2012 when I launched my business that I made this pledge. Back in 2011, when I was starting to kind of get knowledgeable about the world, I saw people like Pat Flynn, who had been, who's been publishing his income report since like 2009, 2010. I was like, wow, that's so inspiring. Here's a good dude that's doing good things in this world, making real money. I want to be that beacon of hope for other people in the podcasting realm, the pad is for bloggers. Mm -hmm. And so when I started generating revenue, I started posting it online. And that was 35 months ago. We did, we've done 35 consecutive monthly income reports. You can check all the details of them out at eofire.com slash income. And we go into depth about all the money that we make, how we made it, so that you can emulate our successes. And we go into even more depth about all the failures and flops that we have every single month that cost us a ton of money. So hopefully you don't have to make the same mistakes that we've made over and over again. I mean, that's just you know what we're trying to help people avoid. Emulate our successes, 
avoid our mistakes or maybe see why we made that mistake, make a pivot and an adjustment that works for you and go forward. But, you know, kind of maybe answer your question more directly about the evolving of our revenue. Um, you know, it just started with me having a podcast, building an audience, and then people come to me and saying, John, like you're talking to really cool people, Tim Ferriss, Barb Corcoran, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, like, can you like mentor me to talk to me about how like you've built this business and what you've learned and give me some guidance? And so it started with one-on-one -on -one mentorship. And then it evolved into a group mastermind so I could bring more people along because, you know, I was continuing to raise my rates until, you know, I just said, you know, let's just make this more of a group thing. And so I had the one-on-one -on -one as well as the group mastermind, which we called Fire Nation Elite, which was a five-figure a month revenue stream for us every month. Uh, for two and a half years, we ran Fire Nation Elite and I mentored people one-on-one -on -one for two years. And so like those were two huge revenue streams. Then like nine months into the podcast, um, we started being approached by sponsors, so we added that as a revenue stream where people like 99designs, Squarespace, LegalZoom uh, were sponsoring our show to get in front of my audience, my listeners, and that was a very powerful way. And then we started asking my audience, like, what are you guys really struggling with right now? And they were telling us, well, we see that you're doing podcasts and you're killing it. How do you do podcasts? We see that you're doing webinars and you're killing it. How do you do webinars? That birthed two different communities, Podcasters Paradise and Webinar on Fire. You know, Podcasters Paradise is the premier podcasting community in the world with over 3,000 members, over $4 million in revenue. Webinar on Fire, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue in the past couple of years, like two hugely successful products. And then moving forward and said, hey, what if I create a physical product? And that was the Freedom Journal, which is how to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days. So I kind of went out of that virtual world for a second and created something beautiful and physical that you could hold in your hands. And, you know, people just flocked to that because now I was offering a nice, low-priced, but valuable product. So it's kind of filling in that bottom rung that, you know, frankly, I jumped right to premium. So there was a lot of different things that we filled in that, you know, we went back and filled in the gaps afterwards. We made mistakes. We made great ideas and great calls. But in the end, you know, we have a six-figure-a-month business that we're continuing to add to on a daily basis. I love that. That's awesome. So I know that you, uh, you, you know, you started out, you, you were smart, and you invested in yourself. You hired a mentor. Uh, you had Jamie Masters as your mentor in the beginning. You were part of Cliff Ravenscraft's uh, podcasting mastermind group. I'm, I'm, for people out there who are thinking about hiring a mentor and maybe joining a mastermind group, how do you vet that? How do you figure out which one is right for you? So people really do this wrong most mm -hmm. of the time. They see people, you know, I'm giving a, a dramatic example, but oh my God, like Richard Branson would be an amazing mentor. Like, no, he wouldn't. Like, unless you want to create an airline from scratch or, you know, run a musical in, in music industry. Like, no, he wouldn't be a great mentor because that's what he knows. That's what he crushes. Yeah, he could probably help you with some mindset things. But I mean, you know, what you need to do when you're looking for a mentor is find somebody who is currently where you want to be. So perfect example, Jamie Masters. She was a successful podcast host. I wanted to be a successful podcast host. I went to her, invested heavily thousands of dollars per month for her to take me under her wing, guide me, help me avoid the potholes, help me press the fast forward button to what worked for her, et cetera. And that was a huge help. She had built up incredible relationships over a couple of years running her business. And guess what? I was able to leverage those relationships because of her, because now I'm Jamie Masters mentee, you know, 
people are going to say yes a lot more quickly to me than just some random person they've never heard before. So that it was a huge, huge move on my part. And every penny was worth it. So a lot of people are like, John, like, would you have invested thousands of dollars if you could start all over again? I'm like, I, you know, I make that in a couple of days now. So like, like think of that return on investment. Of course I would have. Right. Right. So I, and I know that a lot of other people, um, you know, have probably gone through her mentorship, have gone through, you know, Cliff's, uh, mastermind class. Why do you think that your success has been a lot greater than other people who have, you know, hired mentors and, uh, gone through masterminds? What, what sets yeah, think- you apart? I think there's a lot of answers for that question. I mean, I am for sure like, you know, Jamie's like most successful uh, mentee and and definitely I'm the most successful person to come out of Cliff Ravenscraft's uh, podcast mastermind. You know, if you're measuring success in dollars and cents, which some people do, some people don't. So, you know, definitely keep that in mind. Um, But I can say that, you know, one of the major reasons why I was able to be successful um, where some other people weren't able to achieve the same level, at least of monetary success, um, is because like, number one, I went all in. Like I was just 100% committed to it. And not everybody has that luxury, you know, because of my service in the army and because, you know, because of that, I had no college debt and I had $100,000 in the bank and I had a pretty low overhead and, and no debt of any kind. So I was able to, you know, really have that runway of about 18 to 20 months that I could be very comfortably not make any money. And just a lot of people aren't in that situation. And and so I didn't make any money for nine months. And, you know, I wasn't like getting close to the end of my road, but I could start to see it. And I was like, whoa, like, let's, let's keep, let's keep the pedal on the metal here because, you know, nine more months of this and I'm going to start getting into some, into some potential trouble here. So, you know, that was a huge, huge benefit that I had going that I, I just get a lot of people don't. So a lot of people have to do a side hustle. And I think that's great. And if I was in any situation that, you know, that didn't involve me, you know, being in that financial situation that I was in, I would have side hustled my face off. You know, I would have worked from, you know, 4 a.m. to 7 a.m., gone to work, got home, worked from, you know, uh, seven, you know, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., you know, and had that like four or five, six hours every day working on my side hustle till I could potentially replace uh, my income that I had. And then I could go all in. So sometimes it's going to just take people longer. But for me, I could go all in, number one. Number two, I was committed to my vision. Like I saw the void that needed to be filled and it was a massive void in my opinion. Other people didn't think it was. Cliff didn't, Jamie didn't, uh, but I did. I really saw the void that there needed to be a seven day a week podcast that existed that was interviewing a successful entrepreneur every single day. And I was committed to that vision. And a lot of people don't quite have that vision that they're committed to that's filling a void. So like, what is that void? Like I could challenge you, Michael, like what's the void that you're filling in this marketplace? And, you know, frankly, you know, 99% of people don't have a great answer. They have a pretty generic, pretty vague answer. And, and I'm honest too. If I launched EO Fire in 2016, it's not successful, or at least it's not nearly as successful as it was in 2012 because I was lucky with the timing. I was lucky with the fact that it actually happened to be a void that needed to be filled, all of these things. So those are some of the reasons why I was successful. You know, again, and, and I'm not discounting luck. Like I'm saying that again, like luck had had things to do with it. Timing had things to do with it. Um, there's just a lot of these different ingredients that go into somebody who achieves success as quickly as I did. Um, I'm pretty sure that I would have achieved success at some, at some point in my journey because I would have just kept at it if I saw the light. 
um, but I think it would not have come as quickly. Right, right. I like that. Thanks for sharing that story. So um, to pivot off that, I'm, I'm curious to know if you were to go back, and you asked this question a lot on your show, right? If you, if you were to go back, you, you lost your network, you lost your business, you had you know, no income, you didn't have, say, the runway you had before, you had 90 days to try to figure out you know, what to do, what would you do? What would be the, the, the 2016 John Lee Dumas strategy? Really easy answer for me. Really easy. Um, what I would do is I would sit down and I would just say, like, what is it that I really want to do? Like, let me look around right now and let me see people who are doing things and let me study them. Let me get behind the scenes as much as I can. And let me see, like, who are the one, two, three people who I think are just crushing it that I not only admire, but I was just like, man, like if I could be doing what they're doing in a similar capacity, Oh, that would be amazing. I would love that. And then I would reach out to those people and I would say, you know, X, Y, Z, like you're inspiring me to no ends. I just want to come and be a part of your world and add value to that. Like, can you bring me on as an unpaid intern? Like, can I be your assistant for next to nothing, just hustling and learning from you and doing this and doing that? And guess what? Most of them are going to probably say no. You might have to expand your list to 10 to 11 to 12 people. But every time you get a no, you should also be saying, okay, listen, I understand that I'm not a fit for you for any number of reasons, but listen, I admire you. I want to, you know, I really want to learn like how you came to be what you're doing. So do you know anybody that's like you that you also maybe admire, or maybe who's a friend or an industry, you know, peer that you think would want my free services or, you know, my very, you know, reasonable, complete, dedicated assistant services. I could go in and work for you for 90 days. And then at the end of 90 days, let's sit down and let's talk and let's say, hey, am I worth, you know, minimum wage to you? And if not, then cut me loose. Or if I am, then let's do that and maybe talk about a tier plan for month six and month 12. And then maybe two years later, you know, I've acquired the knowledge, the relationships that I can then break out and do my own thing. And, and that's what I would love to say. Hmm. I like that. That's a perfect answer. So, and that brings up another topic that I'm interested in, your relationship with Kate. So you and Kate work together. Um, how, how does that work? And what advice would you have for someone else who's thinking about, you know, working with a significant other? Uh, and what, what sort of things do you think that, that should be considered? And in, in how has it worked out for you? Well, Kate is my business partner and my life partner. So there is like these two different, you know, relationships that we have. I mean, we have the times that during the day, like we're sitting down and we're talking business and like I'm having to get tough with her and be like, Kate, like I really feel like you're coming up short in these areas. And she's having to come back with me and be like, John, like I really don't feel like you're delivering here, here, and here, like step it up. Like we both need to be like really honest and and real with each other on a business to business level to make sure that our business combined continues to grow. You know, otherwise, if, if we're not holding each other accountable, if we're not um, staying on each other's case and keeping each other motivated and really, you know, calling each other out when we need it, and we both need it uh, absolutely from time to time, then we're really doing a disservice uh, to our business as business partners. Right. At the same time, you know, it's, it's really tough to kind of turn that off and you move from that into, you know, okay, now it's like we just had dinner, now we're sitting on the couch, like watching, um, you know, fill in the blank, some love movie. And like, you know, now it's just like my arms around her watching the movie. And I'm like, hey, honey, did you like, uh, did you charge, you know, XYZ for that? And she's just like, what? Like, we're watching, like, what are you doing right now? Like, I'm your girlfriend now. Like, I'm not your business partner. Like, she's like, you really need to just, just have that cut off. And you need to have that situation where you're just like, listen, there's going to be circumstances where 
you know, we're going to have commingling of the time, but we really have to work hard together to make sure that like we have our business relationship and we're, and we're honor, we honor and we're truthful to that. And we don't like, you know, pussyfoot around that. And then we also have to have our actual, you know, relationship, our significant other relationship. And we're not going to, you know, like try to like taint that, you know, with just business, business, business all the time. So it's, it's a balancing act. Um, it's never going to be perfect for entrepreneurs because, you know, people say like work-life balance and they're, they're just, there's just really no need for a work-life balance if you love what you're doing. Like work-life balance is for people that hate their work, that are stressed <laughs> out, that come home, they want to just veg out. Like that's your balance. But when you love what you're doing, it kind of becomes a little hazier, but you just need to make sure that your relationship, you know, has its own, you know, special part of, of each day. Perfect. Well, John, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, before we go, I'd like to know, how can the Baller Circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business? Well, let me see the rest of your shirt first. What does that say? <laughs> the story of the struggle is the story of success. Yes, there sir. you go. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, all the magic happens at eofire.com. We have a free course on podcasting there, a free course on webinars there, tons of free resources for you, the entrepreneur. Um, and of course, if you want to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days, and we all should be doing that at all times, that's what makes an entrepreneur grow and improve and succeed, um, check out thefreedomjournal.com today. Thanks a lot for listening. That was just John Lee Dumas from eofire.com, the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. John is a host of that podcast and uh, also the owner of of Podcasters Paradise uh, and the Freedom Journal. Uh, so go check out the Freedom Journal uh, at freedomjournal.com as well as the podcast uh, at eofire.com and uh, learn more about John and his business. If you don't already know uh, about John, which I'm sure many of you do. Uh, one quick update I'd like to give you about um, Internet Ballers is I recently lucked out and uh, I was able to purchase the URL internetballers.com. Now, I know of you uh, you out there who have been following the podcast and visited my blog, uh, you know that I've been using the URL internetballers.co, um, but uh, I recently purchased the .com, uh, and when I first launched the podcast uh, and launched the blog, the .com was not available, but since it is, I purchased it, and I will be migrating my content over from internetballers.co to the .com uh, over the next couple weeks. So um, at the moment, uh, you can go to internetballers.com. And so I would say from now going forward, just uh, check me out at internetballers.com. And uh, if you have any questions about anything, uh, shoot me an email. I can be found at michael at internetballers.com. Thanks a lot for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.